Welcome back, everybody, again to Sex and Couples Therapy with a Happy Ending Therapist. I'm Donna Harris-Richards, LICSW and CST, that's Licensed Independent Clinical Social Worker and Certified Sex Therapist, certified by ASECT. And uh, I am here today to talk a little bit more about more myth-busting in sex and couples therapy. And uh, I'm here with my lovely producer, Vicki. How are you, Vicki? I'm wonderful. How are you? Oh, very well. Thank you very well. So uh, I will just talk about my mission here of our show, which is to help individuals, couples, and families embrace and integrate sex-positive thinking into daily life for optimal health, including sexual health and wellness. And as we always say, you know, we go for these medical examinations, mammograms, gynecological exams, prostate exams for physical sexual health, which is good, but we also owe ourselves checkups on the emotional and mental aspects of sexual health for optimal overall health and wellness. So today we're going to talk uh, more about myths. We, we did this long ago, but, but I wanted to do some more because I hear more and more all the time from folks and I want to dispel the myths and bust them and help people think in a way that's more effective for their quality of life. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting into that. I want to make sure to acknowledge National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month in July. Um, and again, you know, I, I mentioned in our, in, in our last podcast about this that I'm a, a sexual health advocate, family advocate, um, mental health advocate. And I feel like as, as an advocate, I have a responsibility to center the voices of people who do not have access to privilege, uh, who, who do not benefit from equality, equity, and social justice as they deserve. And for me, it's a professional mission and a personal mission. Um, and I just wanted to put it out there that it is so important for um, us to be centering those voices of you know, folks who are BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, um, you know, Asian American and Pacific Islanders, really important for people to have access to good quality mental health care, good quality health care, but that includes mental health care because um, we know there are some st statistics out there. Um, there are some studies on um, dbsa.org, which stands for Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. Uh, for example, 48% of white people receive mental health services compared with only 31% of black people and Hispanic people, people of color, and only 22% of Asian people. Um, and this is according to the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality uh, back in 2015. You can find these uh, resources again on dbsa.org. Um, LGBTQ people are twice as likely to have mental health disorders in their lifetime when compared to heterosexual men and women. Uh, also, trauma has a significant impact on diverse populations. For example, Southeast Asian refugees are likely to receive a diagnosis with PTSD relating to their experiences because of immigration issues. Um, and a study reported 70% of Southeast Asian refugees receiving mental health treatment were diagnosed with PTSD. And you can find a lot of these statistics and studies on hhs.gov, Health and Human Services. Um, and, you know, 
the United States population gets more diverse every year, right? So by 2044, 2044, it's projected that more than half of all Americans will belong to an ethnic group other than non-Hispanic white, according to the U.S. Census. So, you know, again, I feel like it's my mission here to advocate for equality, equity, social justice in healthcare, mental health care, and, you know, socioeconomically. Um, the world really needs to pivot away from normalizing heterosexuality, you know, being sort of heterocentric and whiteness, and instead centering the voices of diverse populations, those who are BIPOC, LGBTQ, uh, Asian American Pacific Islanders, and, you know, those wise people, right, who are also aging, right, and adapting to disabilities. This is so important. We can learn. We can learn from all these folks, and it just enriches us as a culture. So if you know anyone who's having thoughts of suicide or, or death, please have them call, um, you know, 911 or 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K, 1-800-273-8255. Um, and for information on ways to advocate for, donate, um, fundraise for BIPOC, AAPI, and LGBTQIA+, you know, go to NAMI.org, N-A-M-I, that's National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, Stop Asian Hate is a really uh, terrific website to donate to. That's StopAAPIHate.org. Um, let's see. You can oh, and, go to www. And, um, oh, sorry, and 988. So I saw that the uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline just it, by July sixteenth will have changed the number. So instead of the long one, it, you can just dial nine eight eight like nine one one. Ah, terrific! Thank you, Vicky, for saying that. Great, um, good. Yeah. So uh, another place you can go to that's terrific is the um, www.ic.org Intentional Communities Fund.org for BIPOC supporting Black, Indigenous, and people of color in joining, forming, and developing intentional communities. Um, and the fund is managed by an all-BIPOC council. A uh, great quote from Isaac Asimov for sci-fi fans out there. Um, your assumptions are your windows on the world. Scrub them off every once in a while or the light won't come in. Right, so we have to sort of make sure that we are opening ourselves up uh, to you know, thinking in different ways. If we keep thinking the way we've always thought, then we get what we always got, right? Um, so opening our minds is, is really important. So let's see, shall we dive into more myth busting? Let's. Okay, great. So um, let's see, I wanted to talk about five more today. Um, one of which is, I hear folks, clients say, um, my partner should want sex, right? Or I should want sex. These are the myths, right? How come I don't think about it? I don't, you know, desire it. I don't feel easily aroused, right? So first of all, the, the thing that I want to touch on is this idea that should, right? We all know that word should gets us in trouble, right? If we think we should. I don't like do the word should. Yeah, she's crinkling the nose there. Yeah, I just should. don't like it. Should it just it has such a the word should has so much pressure associated with it, or guilt, mm. or it's just negative. I just I don't like it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. So shoulds do get us in trouble, and um, we want to be thinking sort of about ourselves and what we need and what we want. 
And we also want to be thinking about our relationship, right? We want to be thinking relationally. You know, so what is going to make the relationship more wonderful, um, more mm, uh, rich and enjoyable, right? Um, so sex, right? I mean, sex is part of intimacy and connecting, but what about romance? What about fun? What about pleasure, right? Uh, so I want couples to remember or, or partners to remember to play because play sets the stage for desire slash arousal to happen, right? We talked a little bit, Vicki, I think, as you recall, about this sort of desire arousal um, sexuality cycle. So, you know, Emily Nagoski, if you haven't read her, um, people out there, I, I, it's so important to be figuring out what's putting the brakes on access to pleasure, right? So, you know, should I be wanting sex? Uh, well, you know, there are people who identify as asexual. Um, you know, if you're wanting to grow your access to pleasure in terms of sexuality with your partner, you know, just figure out what is it that you need, not should, need, but what do you need or want to create that? You know, Emily Dinkowski talks about taking off the brakes, right? So, Perhaps you need more romance in your life or just pleasure or downtime. You know, when folks get more creative, use their imagination, uh, that really helps to connect in relationships. So I'm just personally, I'm all about creating what I want and I don't worry about what my partner's going to say, right? <laughs> the worst that'll happen is that my partner will be happy that I even thought about him. Um, so I'll come up with a project that I want to do maybe with my partner or, you know, a travel plan or just a, just a, a I want to go for a walk or I want to, you know, go to the beach or I want to do this or that or the other, just connecting for pleasure's sake. And I think when we, when we stop focusing on sex necessarily and what we think about sex and turn all that around, and that's a rich conversation I have with clients, we start to, to think more about connection and pleasure. Does this make sense? Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, let's see. Another myth that I hear, I have heard from uh, men is, or male identifying people, um, if my partner doesn't swallow, they must not really love me. <laughs> so, you know, we are meaning making creatures as humans. We make stuff mean stuff. So that we can make sense of the world, right? We make stuff mean stuff. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, I love that. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because then it helps us to kind of uh, figure out what what's going on, right, every day in my life. But I think we make stuff mean stuff that it doesn't mean. So, um, you know, your partner may just not like that taste of it. It doesn't mean they don't love you. Um, and again, I, I, I. I if we keep giving into what comes naturally, then we do ourselves a disservice in that we're not trying new things. But if we've tried the new thing once or multiple times and we still find it doesn't float our boat, well, okay. Then, you know, it's okay to say, that's kind of not my thing, but let's do, you know, other stuff that makes you feel desired and loved and cared for and wanted. And let's not make what you're saying it means mean that because that's not what it means for me. Right. So this is where people, this is the communication thing, right? People are coming to me all the time saying, we need to improve our communication. So this is the communication thing. Like really get in there and you can 
sort of parse apart, well, what, what does that mean? And why am I making it mean that? Um, so there's no, you know, there's... Sounds like it's also, instead of improving communication, it's also improving comprehension in a way. Mm. Understanding. Because you can communicate all you want. Right. But if the other person isn't really understanding what you're saying, yeah. then it's it's not going to do anything. Yeah, that's right. You can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Sure, that's right. But really getting what they're saying requires listening, right? Not taking things so personally, even though it feels so personal, right? Because it's your relationship. But both people are different people. And this is the whole idea of differentiation, right? Murray Bowen and the developmental model, you know, Bader Pearson. Um, you know, they, as an ASEC certified sex therapist, this is the idea that individual growth is so important to relational growth. And that doesn't mean you focus on yourself. It means you focus on yourself and your relationships sort of um, at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, you don't want to submerge your own needs to the point where you're not getting what you need and want, but you've got to be thinking relationally as well because if you're in the relationship, you want the relationship to be good, right? So it's a little bit of juggling, but we can get really good at juggling. So that's a, a myth. Uh, another myth I wanted to talk about today is this idea that it's the one that comes out of a, the, the, when I'm working with folks around the discrepancy in their desires, right? One partner may be higher desire, one partner may be lower desire. And very important people know 50% of the time that that is female identified people, 50% uh, of the time that's male identified people, right? Um, so the myth is that I hear sometimes is men who lose their desire must be having sex outside the relationship, either solo sex or partner sex, right? Or they'd be coming to me wanting me because you know don't men want sex all the time mm, half the time not <laughs> and and what does that mean i mean why is that who knows it, it's well not who knows but we know that it's <clears throat> for a myriad of reasons excuse me i gotta clear the throat <clears throat> you know part of it is that life is stressful and uh in order to feel desire and arousal we must be relaxed to some degree although Sometimes uh, sexuality uh, can be a stress reliever. So if we're stressed, it can help us relax, which is great. Um, but sometimes it is um, because we're just, we, you know, we are just we're stressed or we're um, just not in relaxation mode and becoming more relaxed or being able to create time very important for pleasure schedule it folks i know people don't like to hear this plan it i've started to call it make a play date for adults <laughs> because people you know they uh, they just they shriek at the idea of, of scheduling it but you know we have to schedule pretty much everything if we want to get it done right so back to the i think they don't like it because because scheduling it sounds boring mm -hmm. But then you have something to look forward to. You know it's coming and you know that, you know, oh, you know, if, if say you have Wednesday nights as, you know, your play date or, or whatever and every Wednesday you do something, then, mm -hmm. you know, Tuesday it's like, oh, tomorrow's our play date or, you know, what are we going to do tomorrow? Or it's like you're spending time thinking about it and getting ready and all that That's stuff. it. It puts positive. You can have fun with it. It puts positive neurons in your neural pathways even when you're just thinking about it, not even doing it. 
It's like the same way when you first start a relationship, you have to schedule your dates to see the other person, right? And then you get excited. It's the same thing. Thank you. You're, I'm going to hire you. You're going to work with me now <laughs> in my practice. <laughs> I've been doing this for, for long enough with you, Donna. She's <laughs> got it. That's it. That's right. That's right. No, it's so true. And, and the, the couples that have the most success are the ones that do that, even though it's counterintuitive yeah. and we don't want to because it sounds just not sexy. And of course, what I say, and I've said this a million times, is what's less sexy than never thinking about sex or never planning intimacy romance, right? So you're right. That's exactly right. So if we're going to keep creating, right? What is that What is that phrase about? It's one thing to get your partner. It's quite another to keep the partner or the relationship. Ooh. Yeah. So this idea that you're talking about, which is, yeah, we have to plan dates in the beginning. We have to plan how we're going to see each other and we have to keep that going. It's very simple. It's just not that easy. Yeah. So let's see. The next myth I wanted to touch on today is the one where people think talking about my sexual needs will ensure that it does not happen. And nothing could be further than the truth. In fact, really being as specific as possible is really great. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't also romance your partner and get creative and poetic and uh, all of that because it's not just about hey I want to do it right it's um, or hey I want to do it it's about it's just it's about understanding that all of it is um, really important and and what's really important is saying what turns you on what lights you up what feels good what doesn't feel good um, if you don't want that thing then you know don't do that thing you know you got to say that to your partner and not just communicate but what did you say before Vicky, understand it, creating an understanding between two people, getting really clear. And sometimes what that means, and I've done this in my own relationship with my partner over time, and it works, is that, um, and still we do it, is if I want to make sure that my partner is getting what I'm saying, I'll actually say, can you please repeat back or what I just said? I want to make sure you got it. Right? So, I mean, maybe not in an intimate moment, but you might say, uh, well, in an intimate moment, yeah, but um, it's just a really good idea to get the reflection back because you want to make sure they got what you said, they understood, right? So it could be during sex. It could be just in a moment that you're hanging out and enjoying each other, you know, or you're planning something and it's intense and you've got to get to work and you want to make sure that thing gets done. You can just say, I want to make sure that you got what I said. Well, just tell me what you heard. You know, and then they'll say what they heard and you can either clarify or say, okay, great, awesome, like that. Um, <clears throat> the last one I wanted to go over today, excuse my clearing my throat, is uh, the myth that people think that everyone is more turned on than me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Everyone is, I mean, everyone is not necessarily more turned on than you. I think we think that sometimes because we feel alone, right? We feel isolated. Um, so we don't really know what's going on in the world. So checking in with someone who is uh, seeing people all the time dealing with this kind of thing or has uh, knowledge, you know, an ASEC certified sex therapist, a sexual health specialist, um, someone, again, who really specializes in intimacy issues with couples um, they will tell you that it, it isn't true that that's maybe a fantasy or a myth that everybody else is doing it and you're not I mean there are stages of development for adults and couples where you know when people 
again, when the stress starts to build up or just let you take a lot on, right? Um, we get together and then, you know, maybe you get married or not or you move in or you buy a house and then you have children and then there's a mortgage and jobs and all that stuff. You know, all of that stuff gets piled on and there's only so much time in the day. So we've got to be able to um, understand, have empathy for ourselves, you know, uh, be empathic with our partners um, and get that life is just busy and stressful. So, you know, like you just said before, creating that time, it's so important if we want to have a beautiful garden, we have to get out there and, you know, pull the weeds. We have to... <laughs> You know, take care of the soil, water the stuff. Um, you, you have to attend to it. So if we want to be more turned on or more turned on in relationship, really putting our attention on that, right? Again, making dates, having romance, pleasure, even if it's cooking a meal together in the kitchen or turning on some music, lighting a candle, hanging out in the outside in your yard. I mean, it, you could do this for free. We don't have to spend money on it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there we go. That's what I wanted to talk about today. More more myth-busting. And there are millions of myths. Again, they come from messages we get growing up in our families and our, you know, spiritual faith-based myths. Um, you name it. Uh, just the society, societal messages we get. And I want to break that down for people and help them understand that Again, being sexual for women, it reduces, uh, you know, anxiety for men too. Uh, rates of depression, it makes us more healthy. It's better for our hearts, blood pressure. Um, for men, remember everybody that I've said this many times that uh, optimal prostate health is associated with 21 orgasms a month. And that could be partner sex, that could be solo sex, but that's that's good. Again, it, we don't have to focus on the orgasm necessarily to have successful intimacy, but um, it's just you know, look, we're born with we're born with pleasure parts. Let's use them. <laughs> you know, again, consent is important if you're in a relationship. You want to use them with consent with a partner, uh, but it's it's just yeah. I, I want to spread the the word that it's it's good for our health. So thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Vicki, is this good? Should we wrap up? I think we can. Great. Well, thanks for joining me today, Vicki, and thank you, everyone out there, for joining us. We really appreciate you tuning in. Um, if you'd like to check us out on Facebook, it's The Sex and Couples Therapist. On Instagram, check us out at The Happy Ending Therapist. The phone number for the office is 508-990-9909. The website is www.sexandcouplestherapy.com. And remember to always make time for pleasure and play and passion. And we'll catch you on the next one. Okay, take care. Mm -hmm.